This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. Recently, the issue of racism in the religious following of William Branham has created a stir. A statement made by a pastor in Tennessee went viral, exposing one of the prideful teachings that have influenced the minds of many. The pastor has since taken off every single one of his videos down from his website, indicating that this message that he claims to have been sent by God was a message to be kept private. In a sense, this pastor is denying that God sent Branham as an end-time messenger by trying to keep the message secret. There are levels of racism, and many times we do not see the sin of pride that has been grafted into our hearts by the minds of evil men. The pastor used his donation of a bicycle as proof that he was not racist. Much like the slave owners before the Civil War, we gave them a roof over their heads. Or the common one that's used today, we have friends that are any specific race. It should be enough for any Christian man or woman to flee when they discover the fact that the Pentecostal movement's founder was an active member of the Klan and that many leaders involved with this movement were Klansmen, and that William Branham himself was the assistant to the Grand Dragon of the Klan, Roy E. Davis. The Bible says when the branches start to produce rotten fruit, you must examine the trunk. This issue of human beings being married to other human beings with a different skin color, what William Branham called mixed marriage, is one that is interesting. To any who reads and study their Bibles, they can easily easily see that the human race started with Adam and Eve, and it grew and it filled the earth, and started over with the family of Noah. During both time periods, the sons and the daughters of the first generation were marrying without an issue of race. Even if you use the serpent seed doctrine that was part of the clan's agenda, 
it cannot be denied that the world was indeed populated by the same handful of people. Nor is Branham's argument that God made big mountains and little mountains applicable to the color of skin. The color of skin for the wives of Noah's sons were blended throughout time, enhanced by the climate of the nations, and ended with what we see today. Men and women, just like us, with a different level of pigmentation. Paul says in Galatians, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, you are all one in Christ Jesus. It's Galatians 3.28 we are to view Christians, other Christians, as one of us, not us versus them. This is not limited to what we consider to be prejudice. This saying applies to every single aspect of life. If we feel that another human being is any different than us, for any reason, then we are filled with the sin of pride. Most pastors who promote racism in, use the Old Testament to push their agendas. Since many of the congregations do not take the time to study and to learn the law and the need for a kinsman redeemer, they're easily fooled. Snipped out of context, the Old Testament seems to be a book filled with racism. But it was more about nationality than it was race, color of skin, or even heritage. God was creating a nationality, using them as an example for all mankind. The Apostle Paul called the Jews in the Mosaic Law a tutor, showing us that mankind can never save themselves by themselves, and they needed a Savior. God was preparing a people to bring His Son into the world. And the world was much different than it is now, filled with idolatry, temple prostitution, human sacrifice, and more. God gave clear instruction to keep his people separated from the evil world and its evil ways. Deuteronomy 7 tells us the reason God was preparing a nation, and it was not because of the color of skin. It says, you shall not be afraid of them, but you shall remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt, the great trials that your eyes saw, the signs, the wonders, the mighty hand, the outstretched arm, by which the Lord your God brought you out. So will the Lord your God to do to all the peoples whom are afraid, whom you are afraid. Moreover, the Lord God will send hornets among them, until those who are left hide themselves from you until you're destroyed. You shall not be in dread of them, for the Lord your God is in your midst, and a great and awesome God. The Lord your God will clear away these nations before you little by little. You will not make an end of them all at once, lest the wild beasts grow too numerous for you. But the Lord your God will give them over to you and throw them into great confusion until they are destroyed. And he will give the kings and their kings into your hand, and you shall make them perish from under heaven. No one shall be able to stand against you until you have destroyed them. The carved images of their gods you shall burn with fire. You shall not cover the silver or gold that is on them, or to take it for yourselves, lest you be ensnared by it, for it is an abomination to the Lord your God. And you shall not bring an abominable thing into your house and become devoted to destruction like it. You shall utterly detest and abhor it 
for it is devoted to destruction. That's Deuteronomy 7, 18 through 26. But remember, God also does not want his children to be filled with the sin of pride, while telling Israel that they would become more than conquerors in the name of the one true God, that the enemies would fall at their feet, God wanted them to know that it had nothing to do with themselves. It was about God. It was not about them. He says this, <clears throat> continuing in the book of Deuteronomy, Do not say into your heart after the Lord your God has thrust them out from before you, It is because of my righteousness that the Lord brought me to possess this land. Whereas it is because of the wickedness of those nations that God is driving them out before you. Not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart are you going in to possess the land, but because of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you, and that he may confirm the word that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. That's Deuteronomy 9, verses 4 through 5. Pastors who try to enforce their racist agenda through twisted scripture <clears throat> will give you portions of scripture that seem to support false teaching. But to teach anything contrary to the divine will of God, you must omit huge portions of scripture. As Israel plundered the nations, absolutely taking everything, everything that they pillaged in the cities of Baal, it was theirs for the taking including the women of that city. It says this, Deuteronomy 20, verse 14, But the women and the little ones, the livestock, and everything else in the city, all of its spoil, you shall take as plunder for yourselves, and you shall enjoy the spoil of your enemies, which the Lord has given you. Deuteronomy chapter 20. And it also says, When you go out, and war against your enemies, and the Lord your God gives them into your hand, and you take them captive, and you see among the captives a beautiful woman, and you desire her to be your wife, and you bring her home to your house. She shall shave her head. Listen to that. She shall shave her head, and pare her nails, and she shall take off the clothes in which she was captured, and she shall remain in your house, and lament her father and her mother for a full month. And after that, you may go into her and be her husband, and she shall be your wife. But if you no longer delight in her, you shall let her go wherever she wants. But you shall not sell her for money, nor shall you treat her as a slave, since you have humiliated her. It's Deuteronomy 20, verses 10 through 14. Why would God do this? Is God evil? Did God want the Jews to become filled with the sin of pride, while God's word tells us that pride is sinful? Absolutely not. Deuteronomy 20 tells us exactly why God permitted this. Immediately after telling the, them that the women of other nations, other races, were theirs for the taking, it says that they may not teach you to do according to all of their abominable practices that they have done for their gods, and so that you do not sin against the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 20, verse 18. These women, taken into the nation of Israel, produced mixed race, but not mixed nationality. 
Israel was still the nation to bring forth the Christ child. Through the people of Israel, though they were made up with what these racist pastors would call hybrid people, that, there was just one part of the law, just one, that did discriminate. But if you study it, you'll find that it was more for protection. God does not discriminate, and the blood of the world came through one man, according to Scripture. God did not want the enemies, the enemy nations, to plant evil men or women into the nation of Israel with the purpose of overthrowing the Jews. Balaam, who Branham claimed to have the same anointing as Moses, was a sorcerer whose power was used against the, the Jewish nation, and God protected his children through the Mosaic Law. It says this in chapter 23, No Ammonite or Moabite may enter the assembly of the Lord, even to the tenth generation. None of them may enter the assembly of the Lord forever, because they did not meet with you the bread and water on the way when you come out of Egypt, and because they hired against you Balaam, the son of Beor, from Pethor of Mesopotamia to curse you. Tenth generation. When confronted by, with the observation that Moses, Solomon, and others had black wives, these racist pastors start quoting Old Covenant law in rebuttal. They do, they do not try to enforce the whole law. They try to enforce portions of the law while omitting huge other portions of, in rebuttal. And these portions that they try to uphold, they're leaving out the, the laws that are concerning stoning for those that disobey or women on their periods, huge portions of the tithing system, celebrations of the Sabbath, and more. Yet, they try to base their entire racist agenda on law instead of the new covenant of grace that is Christianity. There's another passage of scripture that you will not find preached from behind the pulpits of these churches whose pastors preach racist agenda. And it's found in the book of James. And it's concerning these men who try to enforce just a part of the law while disobeying other parts of the law. It says this, James chapter 2, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, committing sin, and convicted by the law as transgressors, for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So to speak and act as those who are judged under the law, it says, so speak and act as those who are judged under the law of liberty, of freedom. For judgment is without mercy, to the one who has shown no mercy. And mercy triumphs over judgment. That's James chapter 2, verses 8 through 13.